Welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Happy Monday, buddies. It's another episode of BuddyCast. And it's me, a BuddyCast. Joining me today is a special guest, my new buddy, Kenny James. Also, the voice of Bowser from the hit Nintendo game, Mario. How are you doing today, buddy? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I really dig that intro song. That was Thank uh, you. It was very quaint, very kind of cool, you know. Thank you. We love supporting the local artists here and uh we had someone local produce that for us. So Yeah, I was I was sitting back here just kind of dancing around. Mm-hmm. I, if I move this way, the light gets better. Mm. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, hi. How's it going? Uh it's uh, it's been a while since I've done a podcast. You know, they've they've been, you know, seems like there were more of them during the beginning of the uh, pandemic era, but mm-hmm. you know, started tapering off as as the world starts to return to normal. But uh, and everyone goes back to work. Yeah, so, but yeah, something like that. I mean, I'm fully vaccinated. I don't know about mm-hmm. everybody else, but you know. yeah, I'm half vaccinated. I get my. Second one on a Wednesday, so oh, nice, nice. My my uh, wife will get her first one this Wednesday. Uh, I am I am three weeks past my second dose mm. of the Pfizer, so mm-hmm. ready to go. I'm I've got a couple of shows booked, you know, conventions, getting out there in the world again. But now, you know, I feel like I can travel without having to worry about it too much. So. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to start out by asking. How did you get into voiceover work? Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a bizarre story. Uh, well, it's not bizarre. I mean, I, I was doing my regular old job. Um, I used to do uh, kind of construction work, um, extruded curbing, uh, concrete curbs and stuff. And uh, at one point, I, I was like, oh. I always wanted to do voices and the internet is this thing now because this was about 2000, 2001 mm-hmm. so around there. High speed internet was still barely above dial up. Um, you know, it would take 10 minutes to download one song, you know, mm-hmm. now it's a couple of seconds, you know? Um, but I thought, you know, if I build a website and, I did so out using coffee cup nine. I think it was It's like all HTML driven, you know, and I was ticket, 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 ticket. And I was building a website and I was like, all right, I'm going to be a voiceover guy. All I have to do is have a website wrong. So, yeah. So I built this website and that didn't happen. You know, I was like, all right, so now I need to take some lessons. So I wound up, um, going over to University of Washington uh, experimental campus in Seattle. And there was a guy who offered 
a voiceover workshop. And a co-worker of mine and I started going over there and I wound up doing really well, which is kind of what I expected. And uh, that instructor actually offered, you know, uh, services of producing demo and that kind of thing. So we did a demo or I did. And so I had that demo in my back pocket, you know, and I was working my regular job at Suburban Propane because here it comes. I used to sell propane and propane accessories. I'll tell you what. And I was working one day and this nice lady, we were at her house working and she goes, I was talking about doing voiceover stuff uh, for this guy in Canada. And my coworker was all, oh, chit chat about that. And she overheard us and she was like, oh, you do voice work. And I said, well, I'm trying to get going. And she goes, do you have a demo? I said, as a matter of fact, I do. And she listened to the demo. She thought there was enough there. Sent it over to uh, Bad Animal Studios in uh, Seattle. Um, it, originally, it was more like a music studio. Um, Ann and Will... Um, uh, Ann Wilson from Heart, they actually founded it from what I understand. And then they sold it and it became more like a voiceover thing and Foley and commercial music, stuff like that. But uh, that's where Nintendo was recording. So yeah. I, my name got dropped in at the production manager and she started sending me auditions. And I'm, I, you'll learn that don't ask me a question because I don't have short answers. Uh -huh. uh, she she started sending me auditions. One of the first ones that I got was for Sly Cooper 3. And I I think I recorded five different auditions for that game and didn't get any of them. So I went, well, I guess I suck, you know. But what it is is like, you just don't have what they're looking for. Well, and then I get some more auditions they're trickling in. And then this Bowser one comes up. And I was all like, Bowser, like, from the game, you know, what? Sure, I'll send that in. Well, a couple of weeks later, I get an email that said, you got the job. I was like, what? And now it's 17 years later. Mm -hmm. Almost 17. Yeah. So, yeah. That's how the, so that's how the story of Bowser came to be. Yeah. How did you develop the character Bowser? Like, were you given instruction or did you, like, you know, were you just given the characteristics and you created it yourself? It kind of goes back to it because, you know, it was the early days of them using a human to make Bowser's noises, you know. Uh -huh. um, the original, it goes back to the original audition again, uh, because what they did was they sent me the lines from Sunshine, Super Mario Sunshine, which was, um, uh, it was a different actor. Mm -hmm. And you know, they sent me the lines for that, and they sent me um, some audio. And basically, it was just raw studio audio. So I kind of thought that they wanted a voice match. So I did my best impersonation of Scott Burns, who was the actor who was Bowser just before me. And so 
the whole Super Mario Sunshine thing of, you know, Mario, how dare you interrupt my family vacation? I was like, oh, I did it. Perfect. And I sent it off. And then turns out that that's not really what they wanted to do anymore. So as I started to record, uh, the first thing I did was for Super Mario Strikers, didn't have a lot of Bowser content. You know, he would drop into the soccer pitch and and, and then go off again, He'd spray fire and leave. Uh, but I was also the robot super team on that. And uh, uh, then as it went along, uh, not too long after that, we did Mario Kart Wii and Galaxy. Um, and so there was a lot more meat, you know. And I started to realize that I need to be more animal-like because they're not going to let me talk. So I started getting deeper and deeper and more gravelly, you know. So eventually the laughing came out like, you know, and, and um, the, the falling and, you know, stuff. That's a lot of vibrato, you know. But uh, it got, it just got bigger and heavier as it went along. And I think in almost 17 years, I've said four words in English. So mm -hmm. most of it's Bowserese. Everybody knows that, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, so uh, the evolution just came out of necessity, you know, because I kept telling directors and producers, like, I can speak English. <laughs> But they didn't. They didn't need me to. So, but it's been it's been fun. It's good. Nice, nice. Now, what are your thoughts on the character Bowser? Like, what do you personally think about him? You know, I think Bowser's kind of um, a spoiled child. You know, he, mm -hmm. he got to have his way. And um, a lot of my theories, and I've never talked to anybody who writes it. You know, everybody, I get that question a lot at conventions. Yeah, oh, have you ever met Morimoto? Oh, no, no, I haven't. So my theory is Bowser's whole thing with Peach and Mario is Bowser keeps trying to make things his way. Peach has the power to reverse the damage that he does. So... Obviously, I have to kidnap her and keep her captive so that she can't fix the destruction that I try to cause or Bowser tries to cause. Not me. I didn't do it. <laughs> anyway, that's that's kind of my spin on it, you know. I, I haven't like that, Yeah, I haven't discussed it with uh, you know, any of the writers or anything like that, but mm -hmm. <laughs> that's my thing. They're like, "Why does why does Bowser keep kidnapping Peach?" And I go, "Well, because I think he wants to stop her." from fixing what he, the damage that he's causing to the mushroom kingdom, you know? Mm -hmm. I think what he needs to do in that case is kidnap both Peach and Mario. Right, yeah. Well, Mario's a little tougher, though, you know? Oh, he's, yeah. He's a bit more weaponized. <laughs> he can jump higher, you know? He can jump higher, yeah. Yeah, Bowser doesn't, well, I don't know, sometimes Bowser flies pretty good. But. Yeah, Bowser's got fire power, power, power too, so. I know, Rawr. 
So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now speaking of those other characters, did you ever get a chance to work with those characters, like the other voiceover actors or, uh, well, you know, or is it all just separate work that you send in? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always been uh, separate. The closest I've ever come uh, to being in the studio at the same time was the very first time that I met Charles Martinet. Uh, I think we were in recording for Bowser's Inside Story, but that was a long time ago, so I couldn't swear to that title, but Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's what it was. And I had just finished my session, came out of the room into the lounge at Bad Animals, and uh, I was all like, well, that was fun. And they were like, oh, we've got Charles coming in from the airport. And I was like, oh, then I'm going to hang around and because I've never met him. So I hung around and he came in. They got him sushi. I got lounge snacks. <laughs> but they did offer me some sushi. But at the time, I was like, I don't want sushi. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've kind of learned to appreciate it a bit better. But I know what you're having for lunch today. No, no. <laughs> I'm probably going to have leftover chili that I made yesterday. It was awesome. Mm. Um, but anyway, that was the that was the first time I met Charles. And I was on the way out, and he was on the way in to do his Mario stuff. And I think I might have met Jen Taylor once when when back when she was still the primary Peach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peach got recast about the same time that that Bowser did. So mm-hmm. now it's been Samantha Kelly for almost 17 years. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we never, never go into the studio and react off of each other or anything like that. It's just all scripted. Hmm. It's actually a script for Bowser. Wow. Who would have figured? Yeah. You have like, three li- you have like three lines or something, you know, like, yeah. So it's instructions and the director's, oh, yeah. You know, because they need to get they need to get stuff out of you. Um, mm-hmm. So it's all about the directors and producers. And I've had sessions where the uh, there were folks from Jap- J- from Japan, Nintendo Japan, that were actually sitting in via Skype or whatever during a session. You know, it might be four o'clock in the morning tomorrow or yesterday or however the date lines go, and. Uh, I'm like, what's the laptop for? Because it's in the room that I'm in. And they're like, oh, it's Japan. I was like, what? Oh, yeah, they're watching. I was like, oh, cool. Hey, how's it going? You know? Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, then, well, then I started playing around with it. You know, I would do some, some lava thing or something. And then I'd look at this, at the laptop and go like, eh? Eh? So they thought I was, they thought that was pretty funny, but because whether people know it or not, and, you know, I've been telling people this for a long time, it's, I'm global Bowser. So the, uh, the the Japan, Nintendo Japan has to approve everything that we do. So no pressure at all. Yeah, exactly. No pressure. No one little slip up could be the difference or something, you know, but. (laughs) <laughs> but at least you reckon at least you're recognized by that talent you know that's that's an honor that's something like yeah it's it's been a it's been a good ride you know it's mm-hmm. uh, 
I, I didn't really think much of it for years after I got the part. I was just doing my normal thing, working my regular job, you know, and doing theater and, and I'd tell people be like, oh, I'm the voice of Bowser. And they'd be like, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I am. You are. You are. <laughs> so now I got to ask, is there a particular story or like a particular game that you've had like the most fun creating while doing the voiceover work for like a particular, a particular <sighs> role of Bowser that you've just like, you've walked out of that game and said like, wow, that was truly fun. Well, yeah. maybe not fun, mm-hmm. but challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I tend to always look back at uh, super Mario 3d world where they introduced the cat power-ups. Mm. So you had Meowser, you know, they call Cat Mario, Cat Peach. They don't usually say Cat Bowser. <laughs> we, we, it was even on the script in, in quotations. It said Meowser. And I was like, well, that's, that's a funny name. What's it mean? And they, um, they explained it. They said, well, it's a power up, you know, Peach can do this. Mario can do this. It turns you into a cat. He's going to have little, he's going to have kitty ears and whiskers and bigger claws and a tail. And I was all like, oh, that's hilarious. What do you want him to sound like? And I'm just looking at them through the glass. Mm-hmm. At the studio, and they go on the talk back. They go click. We don't know. And I was like, Okay, give me a second. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I I thought about it for a, a couple seconds, and I went, "Well, he can't be like little kitty, you know." Well, <laughs> not gonna work, you know. <laughs> so, I thought, okay, a bigger cat, along the lines of Bobcat, something like that, you know, <laughs> kind of a bigger. <laughs> And then I, well, it's not Bowsery enough. So you have to roll the cat in with the Bowser. So you get. And I did that for like, I want to say about two hours, uh, all kinds of different sounds and, and situations. And I could taste blood yeah. in my throat. I was just shredding myself. Um, and another reason that session is so memorable is because I came in for a follow-up, uh, it was the next day or the day after, or it may have been over a weekend. I don't know. It was a long time ago, but I knew I had a follow-up session and I came in. First thing I did was look at a producer and go, what about the Meowser stuff? And he, he actually said, we're translating an email from Japan right now. And I was like, yay. (laughs) Sit there. I get to sit there in the control room for 10 minutes going. And then somebody comes in and goes, they loved it. So let's move on. I was like, yay. I don't have to redo Meowser (laughs) because it was, it was painful, you know, but Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it, that's the reason why I picked that game as one of my favorite experiences, especially for recording. Mm-hmm. Now, are there any projects that you're up to today? Any work that you're 
like anything that you can let us in on or anything like that? Well, I'm doing, um, I'm doing quite a bit of work, uh, for Funimation doing mm. anime dubs, you know, turning anime into English versions, mm. uh, actually just had a, an episode that aired on Toonami, uh, what's today, Monday. So day, mm -hmm. be day before yesterday, Saturday. uh, yeah. On Toonami fire force episode, uh, well, it was two twenty one, So s season two, episode 21. And I was this, uh, I was like, yeah, I finally got on TV. Um, uh, I was this big over muscle bound character named iron that kind of sounded like a, a big wrestler, you know, guy, but, uh, I was all like, cool. I made it. Uh, unfortunately there was no credit at the end of it, it that said my name on it, but we'll figure mm -hmm. it out. Um, but I've been doing, I've been doing a bunch of stuff over at Funimation. Um, one piece, uh, I was in Cautious Hero, which was a, a really fun, uh, it, I thought it was only going to be one season, but uh, I, I'm starting to hear things about there's they might do a second season. So I don't know if my character will show up in that because my character was very small. He was a shopkeeper and he was selling greater medicinal herbs. So it was it was just great. I'm like I have greater medicinal herbs. They're three times more powerful than the regular kind. You know, and then I had a battle with the goddess that's involved in that show and uh, a healing battle. And I, my character won the healing battle with his yeah. greater medicinal herbs. And, uh, but yeah, no, that I've been getting, I've been getting a bunch of stuff there. I live in the, in the Dallas area and Funimation is right here. Takes me less than 15 minutes to get to the studio. Mm. So, How convenient. Well, yeah, it's the reason I moved here. Is yeah. because wanted to do anime dubs mm -hmm. and but if i'm closer i'll get more work you know and it's been it's been, I've been doing good nice but, uh the directors are all great you know and, and i love doing the work it's more challenging um because instead of recording a voice that they're going to do animation to it you the animation is already done it's been recorded by somebody else already mm -hmm. namely japanese actors and you know we have to take it translate it uh write a right kind of westernize the script and we have to record it with what's already been done animation wise so there's a there's a challenge to it but it's a lot of fun it's a whole lot of fun mm-hmm What's this? What's that one saying um, about like work and play? You know, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of sayings about like how making work. You know, it's not really it's not really work if you're playing or something like that. You know, right, right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, if you like what you do, it's not work. Something yes. along yes. those. Yeah, yeah. Like love what you do, and you'll never work another day in your life. Yeah. Ex well, there you go. Yep. I would. There's that other thing, all work, no play, make Jack a doll boy. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. And then you wind up sitting in a bar with imaginary bartenders. Uh-huh. Or at least ghosts of yeah. bartenders. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, so, I, I I went all uh, you know <laughs> Stephen King there for a second. So yeah. So I gotta ask what you're up to. Or so. Um, sorry, I already asked that question. Um, I gotta ask one question that I always ask my buddies. I don't call them guests. I call them buddies on this show. Sure. sure. And that is, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? <sighs> what does it mean to be someone's buddy? You know, I think that when I look at, at some of the best friends that I've ever had, um, and yeah, they're my buddies, you know, they've been very few. Um, I had some really great buddies in the Navy. Uh, I was on submarines. Um, but one of my best friends ever was a guy that I was in bands with. He was a drummer. I was a singer and we'd been like brothers for several decades. And I know that if he needs something, I can help him with it. And if I need something, he's going to help me with it. It's, it's about support. I think, uh, not just, Hey, let's go have a beer. We're friends. You know, mm -hmm. if you're somebody, if you're truly somebody's buddy, you're, you're going to be like, you're going to be like a brother or a sister to them. So that's kind of the way I look at it. I love that answer. Oh, Absolutely. Thanks. You know, <laughs> and part of being a buddy is being a charitable buddy. So if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? You know, I've given that thought before. Um, there's so many, there are so many charities that are, pointed at humans, but, uh, I've, I've always had a tendency to go towards a humane society, um, for, you know, poor pets that need homes and stuff. Luckily in the last 30 years, there've been a lot less, um, shelters that, are like, well, we took this animal in, it was here for five days, nobody adopted it, so we're gonna euthanize it. There, there are far fewer kill shelters, as they were called, and they have way more no-kill shelters, but it takes money to, to keep those pets fed until somebody finally comes across them and goes, that's the dog or cat or iguana or hamster or guinea pig, I mean, sometimes pigs, um, horses, mm -hmm. you know, um, Kitsap County Humane Society, where I used to live up in Washington state, they did amazing things. And, uh, I always thought that if I won the lottery or something that at, I remember at the time they were building a new facility and they were falling short on funds. And I was like, man, if I could win the Powerball, I would just go ahead and pay for the rest of it. So, yeah, I like uh, and World Wildlife Federation, all that stuff. I the protection of animals, because as humans, you know, we're we're animals, too, but we're taking over the environments of all these other animals. And it's not it's not just domestic pets. It's tigers and elephants and giraffes and all these other things that the populations are getting smaller and smaller. And it's really sad. Um, so yeah, I like, I like animal charities. Love it. It's, love not, it. That, it's not that I don't like people charities, you know, <laughs> that, 
I don't know that uh, enough people pay attention to animal charities. Mm -hmm. We actually have a monthly um, fundraiser group we call Buddy Aid, where we pick a different uh, charity to sponsor every month, and we do a magic show for them. Nice. Yeah, we use this platform to do like a variety magic show, add in some comedy. And um, the month of February, we sponsored a, it's kind of like a shelter, but it's not a shelter. It's called Happy Bark. It's a rescue organization. Rescue? With rescue dogs. Yeah. And they, instead of putting them in a shelter and just, you know, keep them there until someone says, hey, that's the dog. Yeah. They put them with foster families. So the dogs actually get that experience. They get that like loving experience. And my sister's part of it. One of my one of my experiences from doing conventions was meeting Linda Blair mm -hmm. from The Exorcist, and she's huge about pit bulls and you know this that that whole situation. Um, so she she runs an outfit uh, to you know save these poor animals. Um, I've. Every time I run into somebody who's all like, I'm like, oh, is your dog friendly or something? Yeah, he's a rescue. And we did this. I'm like, well, good for you, you know, to take an animal who may be mentally scarred and helping them come back out and be a normal animal and pet again. And, you know, somebody's buddy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, a dog is a man's best buddy, you know? I'm telling you. Yep. Even though I, we kind of like cats in our house. Yeah, it's cats not like buddies too. My girlfriend has a cat, and I'm like, and um, I don't like dogs. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, it. I haven't had a I haven't had a dog since, I think the '80s. Mm -hmm. I've just been uh, cats since mm -hmm. then. But right now we're catless, sadly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know they get old. Mm-hmm. That's your dogs, you know. It's always <laughs> I love. What I love most about dogs is it's they're the saddest departure. Like it's the saddest moment. But then at the same time, like five months later, you're like, so this is this dog I saw online. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do that almost almost every day uh, on the local Fox affiliate. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like, oh, here's today's pet of the day. And it's so-and-so. And you're just all like, oh, I love that dog. You know, <laughs> It's such a happy dog, happy dog, happy dog. Yeah, or a cat. But. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right about the um, like the animal the stuff the animals go through because our dog, the current dog that we have, who actually made an appearance yesterday on BuddyCast, she was, I was talking to one of my buddies on the show and she, I took her over to my house for the night and she was very vocal last night. But um, she was a rescue because the owner before her, she didn't come from a shelter or anything, but the owner before her had, she's a yellow lab. The owner before her had four other chocolate labs, named them all Nestle after the <laughs> candy. And just taking a dog would get this trainer to work with them, would find out that he's not capable of like keeping them. Like they would do something destructive, give them away, repeat the process. After mm. my dog, a yellow lab named Nestle, he, the trainer finally said, look, dude, I'm done. You're, you know, you're, I'm done with you. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm seeing a pattern here and I'm not liking it. So I'm taking this dog. See you later. And he, we met him at a convention at a show down here. And um, you're right, because our dog is the only yellow lab I know that's terrified of water. 
it's no, it's no, it's I'm not joking or anything. Like I'm not like no, but that just seems hilarious. That exactly, a like color is exactly. Water. Exactly, like she will will take her over to the pool, and she or to like a neighbor's pool, and she will pot it. Like I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, and then go like, nope, not today. Not gonna do it. Exactly. Like oh, just, you want to see, see something hilarious? Look up on the YouTube's um, "Dog Scared of Darth Vader," mm-hmm. and it is a golden retriever that. In episode four, when the door explodes and Vader makes his initial appearance, that dog is scared to death of that image. And the dog gets off the couch and hides behind the couch. <laughs> it's freaking amazing. But, um, yeah, uh, yellow dogs, though, uh, when I was working in propane, uh, if I went to somebody's house to do a service call and they weren't home, and they had a yellow dog. So I always call them yellow dogs, uh, golden retrievers, golden labs. Um, they were one of the dogs that I would actually get out of the truck and check it out because they could be barking and barking and barking and barking. And they look like they're not happy. They're being protective. Then mm-hmm. you, you get out of the truck and you go, where's your ball? Where's your ball? And they go, Hi, mister. I'll find it. I'll find it. And then they're your buddies from exactly. this. Uh, I, I was trying to track down a leak on a generator, uh, a propane powered electric generator. And these people had two. Uh, I, I think I can't remember if they were golden retrievers or just golden labs, but either way, same temperament. And all those dogs wanted me to do was throw the tennis ball. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Okay, get out of here. That was it. Don't ever, don't ever throw it the first time. Nope. Then they want it a million times. Yep. The thing with with my dog, she understands the concept of go get it. She doesn't understand the concept of you can't do it when there's a big yellow lab attached to it. (laughs) <laughs> let go, let go, let go. Exactly. Let go. exactly. Yeah. You can't throw the ball again if there's a big dog attached to it. I think it I think it's hilarious that we went on this digression of talking about dogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you can edit as you feel fit, or you can mm-hmm. just leave this all in. Yeah, leave it. I leave it as is. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm a regular guy with an interesting job. That's what I'm exactly. All. Hey, that's what that's what makes you a buddy, you know. And now it's time for what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this? I don't know. Let's try. What is your advice to anyone who wants to go into voiceover work? Oh, man. You know what? The, the first thing that always comes to mind is that uh, people seem to have some sort of mental division between voice acting and acting. All acting is acting. Um, So what I tell people is like, if you want to be a voice actor, first be an actor. And my biggest suggestion to people is get involved in community theater. It doesn't cost you anything. Every town probably has at least a small theater with this Mm -hmm. 
band of people who love to put these shows on. And it takes a lot of work to do a show, even in a small theater, um, because you have set building, you have rehearsals on top of rehearsals, you have casting. Somebody has to act the parts, you know? And act, I didn't start acting until I was probably 40. And I jumped into theater. I Now, I had already been doing live music. You know, I was a front man in bands for years before that. But, you know, lead singer guy, you know, who look at me, I'm a rock star. And then I suddenly decided, it's like, you know what? I, I want to I audition for the theater. And the first thing I auditioned for was Man of La Mancha. Mm. And I wound up getting a good part. Uh, I played uh, the, uh, well, it was Dr. Carrasco, who, while he was in the prison, he was known as the Duke. And... Then he also had to play the Knight of the Mirrors uh, because he was trying to scare Cervantes out of his fog. But uh, so there was a lot of singing involved in that. Uh, it is a musical. And then I went on to do Carousel. I played Billy Bigelow in Carousel. It was my second show ever. And I had a lead in a major musical. Uh, so my my suggestion going back to it the question is that start acting um in community theater like i said unless you have to travel a long way to go to rehearsals it doesn't cost you anything you're not going to get paid but what you gain is you you learn how to take direction you learn how the process works you start getting inside the head of characters because standing in a booth, like, and this is the door to my booth right here, but, oh, right. my phone came off. <laughs> Stupid Velcro came unstuck. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you go inside of a booth, uh, it's actually sometimes harder than it is being on a stage. So if you can do the stage stuff, it's a good step towards being in a booth if that's what you really want to do in the end. But... Uh, aside from doing theater, seek out coaches. Um, you, you have to do your research on coaches because there are a lot of people out there who claim to be a really good acting coach and stuff, and they really are not. But there's a lot of them out there that are good, and that might cost you some money. But that's why I suggest community theater, man. I bang away on community theater because it's such a great resource. Community theater, get acting license, get a coach. I'm telling community, community theater benefits not only yourself, but the entire community. Yes. Because people love to go see live theater. Mm -hmm. I know I do. Yeah. It's sometimes you can just sit there and just be like, wow, I can't believe these people are not being paid because they're good, you know? Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you roll your eyes and go, ooh, you know, not yeah. you know. But <laughs> that's yeah. good. It's the good with the bad, man. You have to exactly. Both. And especially nowadays, because community theaters are hurting so bad. Like 
the theater industry is one of one of the hardest hit throughout this whole pandemic. Yeah, I just recently heard that they're looking at opening up Broadway in New York finally. Mm -hmm. gonna, yeah, gonna and it's been what? It's been over a year. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, and so. I mean, right now I'm not in I'm not in a uh, position to really do much on stage because how many parts are there for uh, hippie linked haired fifty eight you know year old? Not mm -hmm. too parts for an old guy with really long hair <laughs> and they're like well would you are you willing to cut your hair you, once upon a time yeah i've colored my hair to do parts uh i've cut my hair to do parts but right now i i like my hair where it is so mm -hmm. looks nice on you i'm not planning on doing any theater mm -hmm. anytime in the near future mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i hope to hear i hope to I hope to hear you back in video games. I hope to see you on stage. And I thank you so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. Oh, man, it was my pleasure. Really serious. Mm -hmm. Stick around. We'll chat for a minute. But for all, right. all my buddies out there, this is my new buddy, Kenny James. Catch him on Mario, the voice of Bowser. And we'll <laughs> catch you all next time here on BuddyCast. Love it. Well, the days are going fast Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past Buddy, buddy, tune in to Buddy Cast Don't be lonely, go make it, buddy Here on Buddy Cast Hey, buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.